Hi everyone, I'm Alex. Welcome to Reading Poorly. Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, Chapter 2, The Pool of Tears. Curiouser and curiouser, cried Alice. She was so much surprised that for the moment she quite forgot how to speak good English. Now I'm opening out like the largest telescope ever, er, that ever was. Goodbye, feet. For when she looked down at her feet, they seemed to be almost out of sight. They were getting so far off. Oh, my poor little feet. I wonder who will put on your shoes and stockings for you now, dears. I'm sure I shan't be able. I shall be a great deal too far off to trouble myself about you. You must manage the best way you can. But I must be kind to them, thought Alice. Or perhaps they won't walk the way I want to go. Let's see. Er, let me see. I'll give them a new pair of boots every Christmas. <laughs> okay. And she went on planning to herself how she would manage it. They must go by the carrier, she thought, and how funny it'll seem, sending presents to one's own feet, and how odd the directions will look. Um, and then the next part is offset like it's an address. Alice's right foot, Esquire. Hearthrug, near the fender, with Alice's love. Oh dear, what nonsense I'm talking. <laughs> Just then... Oh, yeah. Oh, dear, what nonsense. Um, I was a little bit confused at first because I was wondering where the end of the quote was, and then I saw the, the closing quote um, at, oh, dear, what nonsense I'm talking. So I just missed it. <laughs> just then, her head struck against the roof of the hall. In fact, she was now more than nine feet high. And she at once took up the little golden key and hurried off to the garden door. Poor Alice, it was much, as much as she could do, lying down on one side to look through into the garden with one eye. But to get through was more hopeless than ever. She sat down and began to cry again. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, said Alice. A great girl like you, she might, as well, she might well say this, to go on crying in this way. Stop this moment, I tell you. But she went on all the same, shredding gallons of tears, until there was a large pool all around her, about four inches deep and reaching half down the hall. After a time, she heard a little pattering of feet in the distance, and she hastily dried her eyes to see what was coming. It was the white rabbit, returning, splendidly dressed, with a pair of white kid gloves in one hand and a large fan in the other. He came tottering along in a great hurry, muttering to himself as he came, Oh, the Duchess, the Duchess, the Duchess, the Duchess. Oh, she won't be, oh, won't she be savage if I've kept her waiting? Alice felt so desperate that she was ready to ask um, help of anyone. So when the rabbit came near her, she began in a low, timid voice, If you please, sir. The rabbit started violently, dropped the white kid gloves and the fan, and hurried away into the darkness as hard as he could go. Um, I'm reminded of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and the scene where Galahad storms the castle. Because it always feels like he's not making any progress whatsoever towards, you know, running at the castle <laughs> until right at the end. It seems like he's possibly farther away each time 
but at the very least, he's not making much progress. And this rabbit, he just seems to be randomly running all over the place because, you know, she'll do something for a little while and then, and then he'll be back <laughs> and she'll do something for a little while and then see him again. And he's still talking about how late he is. Um, yeah, by the way, I, I want to know. So kid gloves, um, I assume are made from young goat skin, you know, leather of kid, you know, small goat. Um, but how would you be able to tell? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, a natural looking white that doesn't happen with, um, other animals or, you know, other leathers or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) I was wondered that though. Like, how would you know that they're kid gloves? Maybe, maybe they're just, you know, rabbit skin or, you know, cow, (laughs) cow leather. Imagine that. This being Alice in Wonderland. I'm half surprised that it's not actually a small child, but it's not a violent book. So that would be weird, appropriately weird for the book, but not, uh, you know, not a little too gruesome. (sighs) Appropriate for the video games that I mentioned before, though. (laughs) Those are not for children, by the way. Um... Okay, kid gloves, fan, scurried away. Okay, Alice took up the fan and gloves, and as the hall was very hot, she kept fanning herself all the time she went talking, or she went on talking with a tiny little fan. Dear, dear, how queer everything is today. I... Loyal listeners, <laughs> something like that. Um, I commented in the previous book, The Mysterious Affair at Styles, um, from Agatha Christie, I commented about how today is hyphenated. And it is here, too. That's all I'm going to say. How queer everything is today. And yesterday, things went on just as usual. I wonder if I've been changed in the night. Let me think. I Was er, was I the same when I got up this morning? I almost think I can remember feeling a little different. But if I'm not the same, the next question is... Who in the world am I? Who is capitalized, which is interesting. Ah, that's the great puzzle. And she began thinking over all the children she knew that were of the same age as herself. As herself. Not her shelf. I don't know how old her shelf is. To see if she could have been changed for any of them. I'm sure I'm not Ada, she said. For her hair goes on in such long ringlets, and mine doesn't go in ringlets at all. She has curly hair. And I'm sure I can't be Mabel, for I know all sorts of things, and she, oh, she knows such a very little. (laughs) Shade. Besides, she's she, and I'm I, and oh dear, how puzzling it all is. I'll try if I, I, I'll try if I know all the things I used to know. Let me see. Four times five is twelve, and four times six is thirteen, and four times seven is... Oh dear, I I hesitated because I wanted to make sure that I was actually reading it right, which I was. (laughs) I shall never get to twenty at that rate. However, the multiplication table doesn't signify... Let's try geography. 
London is the capital of Paris, and Paris is the capital of Rome, and Rome, no, that's all wrong. I'm certain I must have been changed for Mabel. I'll try to say, how doth the little, and she crossed her hands on her lap, as if she were saying lessons, and began to repeat it. But her voice sounded hoarse and strange, and the words did not come the same as they used to. How doth the little crocodile improve his shine? improve his shining tail, and pour the waters of the Nile on every golden scale. How cheerfully he seems to grin, how neatly spread his claws, and welcome little fishes in with gently smiling jaws. I'm sure those are not the right words. I have no idea. I don't know the poem at all, <laughs> said poor Alice. And her eyes filled with tears again as she went on. I must be Mabel after all, and I shall have to go and live in that pokey little house and have next to no toys to play with, and oh, ever so many lessons to learn. No, I've made up my mind about it. If I'm Mabel, I'll stay down here. It'll be no use their putting their heads down and saying, Come up again, dear. I shall only look up and say, Who am I then? Tell me that first, and then... If I like being that person, I'll come up. If not, I'll stay down here till I'm somebody else. But oh dear, cried Alice with a sudden burst of tears. I do wish they would put their heads down. I'm so very tired of being all alone here. As she said this, she looked down at her hands and was surprised to see that she had put on one of the rabbit's uh, little white kid gloves while she was talking. How can I have done that, she thought. I must be growing small again. She got up and went to the table to measure herself by it, and found that, as nearly as she could guess, she was now about two feet high, and was going on shrinking rapidly. She soon found out that the cause of this was the fan she was holding, and she dropped it hastily, just in time to avoid shrinking away altogether. That was a narrow escape, said Alice, a good deal frightened at the sudden change, but very glad to find herself still in existence. And now for the garden. I'm picturing Ant-Man, by the way, going into the quantum realm, getting super teeny tiny teeny tiny. Um, and now for the garden. And she ran with all speed back to the little door. But alas, the little door was shut again, and the little golden key was lying on the glass table as before. And things are worse than ever, thought the poor child, for I never was so small as this before, never. And I declare it's too bad that it is. As she said these words, her foot slipped, and in another moment, splash, she was up to her chin in salt water. Her first idea was that she had somehow fallen into the sea. And in that case, I can go back by railway, she said to herself. Alice had been to the seaside once in her life and had come to the general conclusion that wherever you go on the English coast, you find a number of bathing machines in the sea, some children digging in the sand with wooden spades, then a row of lodging houses, and behind them, a railway station. However, she soon made out that she was in the pool of tears which she had wept when she was nine feet high. I wish I hadn't cried so much, said Alice, as she swam about, trying to find her way out. 
I shall be punished for it now, I suppose, by being drowned in my own tears. That will be a queer thing, to be sure. To be sure, probably? I don't know. <laughs> However, everything is queer today. Just then, she heard something splash about in the pool a little way off, and she swam nearer to make out what it was. At first, she thought it must be a walrus or hippopotamus. Okay. But then she remembered how small she was by now, and soon she made out that it was only a mouse that had slipped in like herself. Would it be of any use now, thought Alice, to speak to this mouse? Everything is so out of the way down here that I should think very likely that I should think very likely it can talk. Okay. Everything is so out of the way down here that I should think very likely that it can talk. Er, very likely it can talk. That that sentence just does not lay well for me. At any rate, there's no harm in trying. So she began, Oh, mouse, do you know the way out of this pool? I am very tired of swimming about here, oh, mouse. Alice thought this must be the right way of speaking to a mouse. She had never done such a thing before. But she remembered having seen in her brother's Latin grammar a mouse of a mouse to a mouse a mouse o oh mouse um referring to english does not do this as much it does a tiny little bit um but other languages still do other romance languages still do and probably others um where there are many different ways to say specific nouns and verbs um like verbs it's a little easier because you have first second third person and then singular and plural right um and uh so that's you know six different ways right there then of course there's moods um like just saying you know the grass is green. Well, that's a that's a mood um, uh, indicative. Uh, and then there's imperative, where you're telling someone to do something. Um, you know, hey mouse, go eat some grass. I don't know where grass came from. How about some cheese? Um, yeah, eat this cheese. That's where carpe diem comes from. That's an imperative, where you're telling someone to do something. If you're telling multiple people to do something, if anyone remembers, man, I've mentioned my loyal listeners twice this time. Don't usually do that. Will I usually do that? I don't know. This is too young to see. But if you're speaking to multiple people, carpe diem would be carpite diem because it's a different conjugation because singular and plural are separate. So where Alice is thinking of a mouse, of a mouse, to a mouse, a mouse, and o oh mouse, those are the different declensions in Latin. Um, I'm way out of practice, but yes, I did take Latin in high school. I learned more about English in Latin class than I did in most of my English classes. <laughs> um, so it has come in handy, though I never could speak it and I barely read it, barely ever read it. Um, but I, you know, picked up a few things about structure here and there, basically. Um, but again, uh, English doesn't really separate that stuff as much. Like, we still say the, the words. We'll s still say, you know, hey, folks, get the cheese. 
You know, that's still imperative mood. We just don't say it much differently than look, there's, uh, well, that look, there's some cheese would also be imperative. Um, there is cheese <laughs> or cheese is there. Um, we don't say it th- that differently. Actually saying there is cheese and cheese is there, three identical words in different orders would be, would be different words in Latin. So there you go. <laughs> um, okay, I'm back where I am. The mouse looked at her rather inquisitively and seemed to her to wink with one of its little eyes, but it said nothing. Perhaps it doesn't understand English, thought Alice. I dare say it's a French mouse. Come over with William the Conqueror. Um, for with all her knowledge of history, Alice had no very clear notion how long ago anything had happened. And I don't know how long ago, compared to Alice, William the Conqueror had happened either, so I can't blame her. So she began again. Oh, French. Imagine that. This time it's not italicized, though. Um, uh, est machete? Maybe? I assume that's a pretty standard French greeting. If a little English girl knows it. I mean, she's probably studied some French, but, you know, she knows that that's something expected. I don't know what it means. Which was the first sentence in her French lesson book. Oh, yeah, there we go. (laughs) The mouse gave a sudden leap out of the water and seemed to quiver all over with fright. Oh, I beg your pardon, cried Alice hastily, (laughs) afraid that she had hurt the poor animal's feelings. I I quite forgot you don't like cats. Oh, <laughs> I guess, um, oh, Estimate must be, are you my cat or something? Like, or have you seen my cat? Maybe, except that seems like there's too many words. Um, not like cats, cried the mouse in a shrill, passionate voice. Would you like cats if you were me? Now in her defense, he didn't reply when she spoke English. He could have said, hi, or, you know, I'm a mouse, or many other things. But he didn't. Instead, he didn't say anything, so she tried French. Um, would you like cats if you were me? Well, perhaps not, said Alice in a soothing tone. Don't be angry about it, and yet I wish I could show you our cat Dinah. I think you'd, fa- I think you'd take a fancy to cats if you could only see her. She is such a dear, quiet thing. Alice went on, half to herself, as she swam lazily about in the pool. And she sits purring so nicely by the fire, licking her paws and washing her face. And she is such a nice, soft thing to nurse. Not nursing, you know, suckling, nursing, just, you know, doting on. And she's such a capital one for catching mice. Oh, I beg your pardon. (laughs) I intentionally left that one hanging because I knew that was coming cried Alice again, (laughs) for this time the mouse was bristling all over, and she felt certain it must be really offended. We won't talk about her any more if you'd rather not. We indeed, cried the mouse, who was trembling down to the end of his tail. And if I would talk on such a subject, our family always hated cats, nasty, low, vulgar things. Don't let me hear the name again. I won't indeed, said Alice, in a great hurry to change the subject of the conversation. Are you, are you fond of, of dogs? 
The mouse did not answer, so Alice went on eagerly. There is such a nice little dog near our house I should like to show you. A little bright-eyed terrier, you know, with, oh, such long, curly brown hair, and it'll fetch things when you throw them, and it'll sit up and beg for its dinner, and all sorts of things. I can't remember half of them, and it belongs to a farmer. You know, he says it's so useful. It's worth a hundred pounds. He says it kills all the rats, and, oh dear, <laughs> cried Alice in a sorrowful tone. I'm afraid I've offended it again. For the mouse was swimming away from her as hard as it could go, and making quite a commotion in the pool as it went. I mean, I guess the mouse identifies with rats. There's a different book series, one which I will not likely read here, called Redwall, um, that where the it's a medieval fantasy type series. I don't remember any magic, but you know, knights and lords and that kind of stuff um but all the central characters are animals and mice are many of the good animals and rats are many of the not so good animals so you know in that context <laughs> a dog eating rats would not be a bad thing but in this one clearly it is so she called softly after it. Mouse dear, do come back again, and we won't talk about cats or dogs either. If you don't like them. It's interesting because I read that punctuated as written. Do come back again, and we won't talk about cats or dogs either, if you don't like them. If I wrote that, I would have said, do come back again, and we won't talk about cats or dogs either, if you don't like them. Um, I would have had a a, an extra comma there after cats. Um, I'm not saying that Carol did it wrong. Um, actually, it makes more sense to me, to the character, to the context, to the way that she speaks. I don't know if it's um, idiomatic to Alice, or, you know, young English girls in particular, or if it's something that would have regularly happened and been written that way. Um, but uh, when I was reading it, I stumbled a little bit uh, because, or at least in my head, I'm not sure if I stumbled out loud, but um, I stumbled because I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, it kind of does make sense, but it's different. It reads differently than I expected it to, which is fine, which is good. Always, it's always good to be challenged, right? Heaven knows this book breaks a lot of English rules. Would make the English teachers I know whip out their red pens. When the mouse heard this, it turned round and swam slowly back to her. Its face was quite pale, with passion, Alice thought. And it said in a low, trembling voice, Let us get to the shore, and then I'll tell you my history, and you'll understand why it is I hate cats and dogs. It was high time to go, for the pool was getting quite crowded with birds and animals that had fallen into it. There was a duck, and a dodo, which still exists, a lorry, and an eaglet, and several other curious creatures. Alice led the way, and the whole party swam to the shore. A lorry? <laughs> I'm actually not sure what a, what a lorry is as an animal. Um, but a lorry in England is like a delivery vehicle or 
like a semi, like a semi truck with a trailer, I think. Maybe semis or something else, but I know I've like lorries are large vehicles, um, you know, like a panel truck or something at least, you know, like a UPS or FedEx um, kind of thing. But uh, um, I think now I'm questioning myself. It's a it it's at least a vehicle, an automobile of some kind. So to picture her with a duck, a dodo an eaglet and a semi truck <laughs> just was a little silly in my head. Thank you for listening this long to me reading poorly. <laughs>